This program is brought to you by the Living Church Boise. This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. Hey, that's right. I'm Pastor Joel Sicker here from the Living Church Boise, sitting here in 94.1 The Voice Studios. Beautiful afternoon here in Boise. This past month, we've been airing a series that I was compelled to preach on called What Happens After I Die. It was in the beginning of 2021, and we had just gone through one of the most craziest years in recent history. I'm sure you remember it. It was the fear of COVID that was in the air. We were not sure where the virus came from and what its capabilities were. We had no clue how it was transmitted. And we weren't sure what the government was even doing, if they were for us or against us. And there were so many questions. There was uncertainty in homes. There was division on the streets. And many were left wondering, now what? And in all my years of being an evangelist and being a pastor, I've never had so many people outside the church and even those in the Christian community start asking the question on life and death. I'm sure that when you were going through that season of uncertainty, there were a lot of questions that was thrown around in your mind, and maybe even you were one of those that try to reach out to someone to find some sense of hope, some sense of courage on what is going on in our world right now. You see, there are seasons that we go through in life that compels us to ask the question that we normally wouldn't bother stopping to ask. And the question is, what happens after we die? The year 2022 really made us think about life beyond just the norm of getting up, going to work, taking care of our children, and trying to make ends meet. And it really made us question our existence and what happens into eternity. You see, every single person at some point in their life will question the meaning of their existence. And oftentimes we try and make sense of it by trying to find out what happens after I die and hoping that maybe if we can find the answer in the afterlife, it'll make sense to why I am going through what I'm going through right now. Some people, in fact, I just spoke to a friend recently who'd, um, you know, traveled the world and has influenced, you know, been influenced by various different worldviews. And they try to resolve the idea of what happens after I die by just saying that there's nothing, you know. And he jokingly said, you ask a dead person what's going on and they say, that's right, nothing. But that might be an easy way to ignore the question of life and death and the afterlife. But here's my problem. There was a man. He lived and he died. In fact, he was killed on a cross and then he was buried, put away in a tomb, but he didn't stay there rotting. He came back to life. And in my search of all my years of trying to find purpose and meaning in this life, this was one incident that I kept coming back to, which kept on, you know, opposing the ideas of different worldviews of what happens after we die, because here's an example that is set for every single human being in which we will follow. We will all, as sure as we're living, we will die and we will be raised to life. But the question is, raised to what? Raised to where and how are we going to be raised? The series that we went through this past month here on Restart Hope was a series called What Happens After I Die, answering all of these questions. And if you miss this series and it, you know, is sparking an interest, I'll let you know how you can catch the whole series for free in the end of this program. But in the few minutes that we have together, I want to unpack one verse that will encourage you right now and will restart your hope. It says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 9, verse 27, 
it says, just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment. I'll read it again. Just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment, it dispels the argument of reincarnation, of annihilation. It says that man will die once and then will come into judgment. Now, the context of Hebrews chapter 9 is interesting because the writer is elevating what Jesus has done for us. Now, this is fantastic, man, because in the life of Jesus, in his death and in his resurrection, we find something, we find a truth, we find treasures that for me personally, it makes me fall deeply and madly in love with him. And I'm hoping that it will do the same for you because that's where we begin to find our hope being restarted, refreshed and renewed. Let me explain real quick. Hebrews chapter nine, what is happening over here is the author of Hebrews is saying death is a proven fact. You and I, we see death all over us every day in the news. In fact, just a few minutes ago, you were listening to the news of murders, you know, people dying, there's sickness, there's disease, and one day we all will experience death. The Bible tells us that sin brought death into the world. Sin was the problem and death was the disease. While we're alive, it might seem like many are getting away with their sinful deeds. And maybe you're in a place right now where you are depressed and anxious because there are people doing wrong things all around you and maybe even to you and against you, but you see no judgment coming for them. In fact, they seem like they're having a better life while they are, you know, walking around their sinful deeds and you are starting to lose hope in a God of justice. But the real judgment comes after this life. The Bible tells us, and it's very clear, that everyone will have to stand before the eternal judge. Judgment is coming for everyone based on what they have done and what they have not done. In fact, the Bible takes it to an extreme. It's crazy. It says every word that you spoke, every thought that you thought will be put before the eternal almighty God and will be judged by it. Now, in the Old Testament, God gave his people laws for them to keep. He gave them sacrifices for them to make every time the laws were broken. Can you imagine how crazy of a lifestyle that must have been? Every time you sinned, there had to be a sacrifice. But the laws and sacrifices couldn't take away our sin. It was only a way for God's people to recognize that they needed a savior for their sins. That's why the apostle Paul, he writes in Galatians chapter 3, verse 24, he says, so then the law was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. So the law was given as a guardian, like a child, like a caretaker, like a babysitter, to help you and to keep you walking a line and a lifestyle that wasn't opposed to God, but it didn't really take away our sinful nature. And it's interesting that Christ was promised to us. That's right, God made a promise that he will send a savior who will bring a new covenant And this new covenant was going to be superior than the old. You see, while we sit here and wonder about what happens after I die, when we wonder about how did death even enter into this beautiful creation, this beautiful world, and we see the nastiness of sin, I'm so glad that God just didn't leave us in our broken world full of sin and said, guys, figure it out, I'm out of here. Now, you and I know many bosses, many leaders, and maybe even some of you have parents who have gotten fed up of you and said, you know what, I'm done with your nonsense, I'm out of here. Hey, I wanna talk real quick to those of you who feel abandoned. You feel abandoned by people that were supposed to love you. You feel abandoned by people who were supposed to care for you and lead you and help you walk through life. 
And now you're just called, you know, names and you're sitting over there feeling like you are just a victim and you're unable to pick yourself up. Listen to me very carefully. This world, we will have people who will forsake us, but God made a promise that he would not leave us in our broken state, that he would not leave us in our sin, lost, destined for hell. And I'm so glad that the God that I'm talking about, he's a God who makes promises that seem so extreme, and then he keeps it. The prophet Jeremiah, he writes in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31, he says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Now, this is why it's good news that God makes a covenant, a new covenant, a new promise. And he says it's going to be better than anything that you've ever experienced. This is what makes me clap my hands and want to jump for joy. Because this new covenant was going to be better than just you having to pay for your sins and you having to be shamed by how much you fail. This new covenant was going to show you and me that there's no works that you can do to find yourself in the grace of God. And everybody who left you, you're going to see them as inferior saviors compared to the savior that God was going to send to take your sin and mine. This new covenant was going to be God's way of resolving sin and death for his people forever and ever. How cool is that? Jesus, he enters into the world. He becomes a willful sacrifice, not only providing eternal redemption for all who will believe in him, but also providing a means for the new covenant to be fulfilled for his people. I am so glad that the older I get and the more and more life throws hard times at me, the promises of God becomes even more sweeter, especially when he backs up his promises by keeping them. So Hebrews 9 speaks of how Jesus enters into the world and he fulfills the new covenant through his blood. And it's a far superior covenant than the old covenant that was instituted through Moses. Jesus' sacrifice was once and for all. Unlike the old covenant that needed a sacrifice every time you sinned, Jesus' sacrifice was once and for all. And Jesus' sacrifice was accepted by the Father. He was a perfect sacrifice, the perfect lamb with no blemish. That's why it says in the Bible, Hebrews 9 verse 26, it says, but as it is, he has appeared once and for all at the end of the age, and this is why, to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And he resolves this problem of death that came through sin. Isn't that beautiful? That once and for all, Jesus, in his death, he becomes a sacrifice and he puts away sin once and for all. Even right now, as you hear my voice, I pray by the mercy of God that the weight and guilt and shame of sin rolls away from your back because you don't have to carry that anymore. My beautiful King Jesus has carried it on your behalf. It says in the Bible that it's appointed for man once to die and then comes judgment. And you know what? Jesus lived. He came into the world and in his death, he was judged so that you and I don't have to fear death and the coming judgment. I am so glad that this God that we worship made a promise, keeps his promise, sends Jesus into the world, lives a perfect life, dies my death and yours so that we don't have to fear death. The gift of Jesus' perfect life is ours, but we have to receive it by faith. You and I have to acknowledge our need for a savior. We have to believe that Jesus died in your place and you need to know that he gives you his perfect life for your broken ones. The Apostle Paul says in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. I really want you to receive this gift of grace. 
I want you to receive this gift of God's forgiveness because Jesus is coming again. And this time he's not coming to die for your sins. He's already done that. He's already died for your sins and mine. But the Bible says that Christ having been offered once to bear the sins of many will appear a second time. Why? Not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. Ladies and gentlemen, when our beautiful Savior shows up, is he going to find you waiting for him? Is he going to find you waiting with affection and joy as one of his own waiting for him? You see, you and I cannot earn the favor of God with our works. We have to receive the work that he has performed on the cross for you and me. It is appointed unto men once to die, but Jesus has conquered sin and death. And for this reason, we must pay close attention to what he has to say and do. The Bible warns us, pay close attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. I hope you're hearing what God is speaking to you this, this afternoon. Listen to the sacrifice of Jesus. Embrace it. Make it your own and have the salvation that only Jesus can bring because one day we will all breathe our last. That's a no-brainer. But the question is, are you ready to face eternity? You can be if you turn to Jesus, confess your need for him. Works cannot save you. Only the gift that Jesus gives you can bring you into a gracious, beautiful, loving relationship with him. Ask him to forgive you for trying to earn your way into salvation. I don't need to lead you in a prayer. You talk to him right now and say, Jesus, I need you. Talk to him and tell him that you're sorry for trying to work your way into heaven and watch his grace enter your life. If you're making this commitment tonight, this afternoon, I would love to meet you in person. We meet every single Sunday at the Living Church Boise right there on Bogus Basin Road. You can find our information, look us up online, the Living Church Boise. I would love not just to meet you, I would love to pray for you and then help you grow in, as a disciple of Jesus. Now, in case you missed this whole series of what happens after I die, you can listen to the whole series as a podcast. We have an app, just go to your app store, look for the Living Church Boise, you'll be able to find it. You can go to our website. There's not just this series, but multiple different sermons that have been preached. Check it out. And I really hope I get to meet you in person. And if I don't get to meet you in person, and if you're making this commitment today to follow Jesus, I will see you in eternity and we will dance in his presence. God bless you. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014, Eagle, Idaho, 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store. 